0: The Proto-Hack Podcast, Episode 1, The Women Who Are Changing the Education Game. Hi guys, and welcome Ain't to Episode no 1 of the, the Proto-Hack Podcast, a show where we chat all about the real-life skills required to achieve the career and life of your dreams. I'm your host, Tara Ferguson, the founder of SBT Digital a creative studio that helps companies produce podcasts and I am super excited and honored to be working with these two amazing women to create the first ever ProtoHack podcast. On today's episode we get to know the women behind ProtoHack, their passion for innovation, education, Elon Musk, and Froze. I feel
1: like our podcast should be like business casual with like a margarita. Like, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. if you a have frozen. to. Like, a froze. A froze, you're right. How
0: many cactus club frozes did you have before this? Podcast? Three. We had three. Three each, yeah. All right. All right, so we are here with Annie Nell and Roxana Casanelli. They are the co founders of Protohack, and this is. First episode of the ProtoHack podcast. So congratulations, yay, ladies! We're doing it. It's happening. It is happening. So uh, today I'm really excited. We're going to learn more about you guys, why you started ProtoHack, you know what the goals are, and also your personal entrepreneurial stories. But before we get started, I will ask you both who you are and your roles at ProtoHack. And Annie, we'll we'll start with you.
2: Yeah. So my name is Annie Ngo you did a good job pronouncing my last name (laughs) (laughs) no yeah okay it's like bingo but without the b-i so no no if that helps uh so i am the co-founder and president of protohack it's always so weird to say Mm. president it's worse to say ceo it's just say president president okay and just call yourself boss lady boss lady (laughs) you run the show
0: You're part of a duo that run the show together. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and Roxana, you? So my name is Roxana Hassanelli, and I am a co-founder and vice president of ProtoHack, and it definitely sounds weird to say that out loud. Yeah, she's <laughs> VP, VP. She's
2: Biden-bay.
1: Biden, I'm Biden. That is Biden-bay. I
2: like that.
0: <laughs> I like that. Obama and Biden, the female <laughs> versions. All Obama, right, all right. Yeah. So, except both of us are of color. That's <laughs> true. it's true. Yeah, Biden's a little... He's lacking on that front. Yeah, he needs yeah. To, I feel like it's inside, so high, though, there's there's some color. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> okay, so before we get started and talk a little bit about ProtoHack, can we talk a little bit about how this duo came to be? Mm-hmm. So, who wants to go first? Who wants to tell
2: that story? Yeah, I go can first. sort of provide the context around everything that happened before we met, and then maybe you can share how we met. That probably makes sense. Yeah. So Protohack is a startup that was founded three years ago by three separate gentlemen, actually. Okay. (laughs) They are, or two of them anyways, were from Colorado, moved to San Francisco with high aspirations to kind of be the next big Mark Zuckerberg, next big Facebook, and very quickly uncovered that the community wasn't primed for... Uh, non-technical entrepreneur success, which means if you didn't know to code or program, you were constantly being told, no, 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 we're not interested in working with you. And so a lot of their ideas just died. They saw this opportunity to connect everybody like them uh, and decided to put on these experiences that were similar to a hackathon where people are innovating and competing for prizes, Mm -hmm. um, except there's no coding and no programming involved. Okay. Yeah. So over the course of the next two or three years, they had brought this experience to a number of cities across the U.S., from Austin to Seattle to New York and then LA. I met the team initially in San Francisco in my own exploration of startup and tech and uh, got to experience it again in Seattle as a competitor. or a participant. Participant, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, I, I like the mindset there. Competitor,
1: mm-hmm. I'm here to win.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you anything about me, <laughs> uh, so I fell in love with the experience right away, and I knew that this is something that I wanted to pursue and convince them to give me a job. Okay. Um, my, and what
0: did you love about the experience
2: per se? Uh, Do you remember? Yeah, it's gonna sound really cheesy, but it's this sense of empowerment. That I was able to, over the course of 12 hours, be able to produce something and solve a
0: problem. So it was just an idea. So when you started with this team that you had just met, Mm -hmm. the goal was you had to build a business. Is Mm -hmm. that right?
2: Yeah. So how it works is you connect with other aspiring entrepreneurs, innovators, designers, students who form teams. Mm -hmm. And over the course of 12 hours, you take an idea that you have for a tech startup and you bring it to life through a prototype, a presentation, and a pitch. At the end of the 12 hours, you have the opportunity to pitch your 90-second presentation to a panel of judges that included BCs, angel investors, and first place takes home, I think it was $10,000 worth of prizes to build out a company the next day. Okay. okay okay yeah so yeah I fell in love with the process convinced them to give me a job and over the course of the next year or so joined the team officially introduced a number of different business models expanded it from I think 8 cities to 23 cities and I think within the last 6 months of that first year working with the organization I felt a little discouraged because the things that we were doing were great felt very impactful but it wasn't sustainable. Right. And that's when I took on a role at the place where I met Roxana. Yeah. So, okay.
1: So, um, Annie and I actually met at our previous place of employment. Um, I know when I first met her, I remember seeing you come in. You were, like, super excited. And we had your hair in a bun. You were wearing that sweater outfit that you always wear. She has, like, a, squ- a sweater skirt and matching <gasps> sweater top.
2: Um, this sounds really romantic. She looks like right a now. tiny bear. <laughs> <laughs> a tine... <laughs> uh,
1: the, the best thing was when she met me. She's like, "We're gonna be best friends," and then we did. <laughs>
2: um, but really, how we connected? Wait,
0: why did you think you were gonna be best friends? I need to know. There was right just when you this met her.
2: energy about Roxana, and I can sense sincerity in someone who's genuine, mm-hmm. someone who really is just kind. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that's the person I wanted to that was somebody that you could really resonate with that
0: exactly. um, had the values that you had yeah she and you was, felt that vibe
2: yeah so, Roxana does give off a good
1: vibe she does yeah <laughs> good thank you thank you um, I was targeted for friendship but I mean, <laughs> it definitely was worth it worked out worked out okay good um, yeah, so we actually we started going for lunch together and kind of discussing some of our challenges. How I mean, long had
0: you been at that place before she had come?
1: I had been there for about a year and a bit. Okay. So I think it was just over a year. Right. Uh, and so when I first started, it was really exciting and um, a lot of growth and opportunity. And as things are, and, you know corporate environments things start to kind of plateau and and so I started feeling a little bit of that okay well how do how do we kind of innovate from here and so you know we kind of bonded over some of those um those areas and started you know talking about how this is such a common denominator in so many companies things we'd heard from our friends and that kind of led to us thinking there's there has to be a better way to innovate you know within corporate culture and then eventually that kind of got us discussing how we would innovate in general and then considering what that looks like in the education landscape and yeah one thing kind of led to another and it's actually an interesting story because Mm -hmm. Annie actually left ProtoHack.
2: I did. (laughs) And we were going to do our own thing and so. Focus primarily on corporate innovation actually. Yeah. Because of the conversations that we were having at our previous workplace and I think something that was recurring is this understanding that all workplaces actually, whether they're startups or hundred year old companies struggle with innovation period. It's like, we're all so focused on the bottom line and focused on efficiency that that's a conversation that, well, there's must be some companies mm-hmm. that do it better than others. For sure. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, okay. Defi- uh, that's a better way to put it for sure. Okay. And, and I think like it's,
1: I think in, in some parts it's probably a relatively new want from employees. I think it's probably a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look back at, like, our parents' generation, I don't know if they really wanted innovation within their workspace. You know, they they worked at a company for like 30 years and like that was almost guaranteed after a certain period. Whereas right. I think um, there's, a, like, there's a huge value put on the me brand mm-hmm. um, because you're not always going to be at the same company and that's just the nature of the game that I think where you are, you would, you want to be able to innovate and make an impact so that it, it kind of resonates with your brand. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I can appreciate that. So you're saying that
0: the workplace is changing now where people aren't as focused on... They don't just go in to do the job to get the paycheck. No. They no. really want to feel like they are making making an impact.
2: Yeah. And the... Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. we're... I mean, we're, we can probably go on forever about this, but I personally feel as if technology has allowed us to do so many great things, so much quicker, so much easier. Mm-hmm. And whether it's a good thing or not, it's completely turned our work environment and work landscape upside down. We're not in a place now where blue-collar, white-collar responsibilities and jobs are what we need to be preparing our workforce for anymore. According to you guys, mm-hmm. what do you think we need to be preparing our workforce for?
0: For innovation. Innovation, for yeah, okay. sure. I mean, and what does that look like to you guys then? Does mm-hmm. that mean like ability to problem solve, ability mm-hmm. to work with teams, ability to think outside the box? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm just
1: yeah. The ball I mean, like, <laughs> Do you want, want to job? come work for
0: us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could use, maybe use that opportunity.
1: <laughs> Okay, I, I okay. think that's 100% it. It's, it's, okay. It comes down in a lot of ways back to the basics with a little bit of new world kind of
2: flow. So our philosophy at ProtoHack and why we've continued to incorporate the unique qualifier of no coding and no programming mm-hmm. is because we truly believe that innovation and technology are not necessarily synonymous. And innovation... Absolutely is a necessity before you get to technology, and f- technology really is just a facilitator of exactly that innovation. Right. And there's so much more that goes into coming up with great businesses and solutions, solving really important big world problems than just coding. Not sorry, not just coding, but right. then coding and programming. Right. Not to undermine like the yeah. how much mm-hmm. that part of the world does for us. Right.
1: It's become such a huge focus on it. It's, it's almost like, obviously, to build a house, you need to have a hammer, but no one's going to say a hammer is, like, what's needed to build a house. Like, you still need to have, you know, people to design it. You still need to, like, source the materials, like, furnish it.
2: I'd, I'd use that analogy and say that the foundation of future advances in technology is a innovative mindset. For sure. And okay. that's what we're trying to do today. Yeah. Today
0: and tomorrow. So you're trying to help people to develop innovative mindsets, both inside corporate cultures, as well as even before they get into their kind exactly. of careers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think
1: even so, like, I think that the corporate culture is a result of the education system. If we're trying to, like, solve a problem, I think it actually comes back to, like, being able to give the tools to people in while they're in their education, so that when they get to that point, they have the resources and people that are like-minded to be able to continue that innovation and feel like they're making that impact moving forward. Yeah,
2: so if we just looked at this big picture and worked backwards mm-hmm. where it all starts with mm-hmm. is education. Yeah. So okay. if you look at the corporate environment or the work environment period, mm-hmm. how everything is structured is a learn process and where we learn is in school. And like understanding that the only way we're going to impact schools is by educating the educators and the students. So we just kind of pulled back from, I mean, that's what schools exist for, right? Mm -hmm. Functionally in society, it's to produce an effective workforce. Mm -hmm. The work environments changed. So therefore the education system and the way that we educate and learn needs to change.
0: You know, it's interesting. You guys are sitting here, haven't started your own companies. I know, Annie, for you, it's not your first company. Mm-hmm. Roxana.
1: Yeah, I founded a project with the BC Psych Association before, but it's my first independent business. Okay, cool.
0: So anybody listening might think, hey, your education must have been pretty decent. Look at you guys. You're like, you know, killing it, running, yeah. running your own show and you know, making your own hours, which, yeah. you know, everyone knows if you start a company, that's double
2: nine yeah. to five, double nine to I think, five. I say it's five to nine. So like five in the morning, yeah. you're still dreaming about your startup, or yeah. having nightmares about your startup. It depends on yeah. how the previous All day went. Wait until 9 p.m. 9 p.m. That's,
0: I think that's good. That's probably relevant. Yeah.
2: So yeah, what age do you,
0: do you think that we need to start sort of making these changes in the education system? As
2: early as possible. Okay.
0: Yeah. And it's really like a mindset shift. It is. Yeah. I think. Okay. It's, For
2: sure. It's interesting because when I look back on my kindergarten education, mm-hmm. we had the chance to play with Legos. We had the chance to play with coloring books. We had the chance to go outside and there was just so much experiential hands-on learning. You got to work with different people in different classrooms. I remember my kindergarten education being like that. And then as you progress right. through the system, yeah. it becomes less about exploration and creativity and problem solving and more about, here's a chapter on Christopher Columbus. Memorize it. Tell me everything that you memorize tomorrow on this 30-question exam. Right. And now you're educated.
0: So you both have a university degree, is that correct? We do, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now
2: do you feel like that set you up for more opportunity or no? No. Okay. So I did my undergrad um, in poli sci and international relations, with the anticipation or the plan to go into law school, went to law school for a semester. Actually, started my. Did I start my business then? Yeah, I started my business then, and then decided I was going to leave to. And for listeners, just high level,
0: your first business was in the fitness industry, selling sports. Yeah, sports and health supplements.
2: Right. Okay. Performance supplements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we then decided, or I to yeah, so decide to quit, and then thought, okay, maybe you, I'm not going to waste the $15,000 I already spent (laughs) and reinvest some more money into my education that will help with my business. And I went into a juris doctorate and MBA. So that's a business as well as a law degree. Okay. And that's when I did another semester and then quit again. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: And do you feel like you learned more applicable skills building that business than you did in university?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's why I left the second time around. That first semester, I learned less than I did in the three months that I was operating the business, and I was make I was spending money instead of making money. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Roxana, what about you
0: and your, your experience?
1: Um, so my background is in psychology, and then I had a focus in behavioral neuroendocrinology. I left, but after my undergrad, kind of feeling a bit defeated, not sure what I wanted to do. Worked for a bit, and then actually applied to do my master's um, in art psychology, got into the program and last minute decided that I didn't want to do it. (laughs) And it was because I realized that it it really wasn't where my head was at. I was just doing what I thought I had to do. And because my undergrad didn't make me feel like I was succeeding, I thought that it was my fault. And and you
0: didn't feel like you were succeeding. Why?
1: Well, I just didn't feel prepared. I mean, you know, like I, I, some, like I came up, I grew up in a family where, you know, my parents, my dad was a refugee, my mom was an immigrant. They didn't have a chance to be educated. So for them, education was so important. Mm -hmm. They really wanted us to have a chance at it because that's what they were sold. I know they wanted me to become a lawyer, actually. That was kind of, or a doctor, you know, stereotypical Indian parents. (laughs) Okay. I felt like I failed, that I didn't do something right. You know, why is it that I have this education, follow this path, and it's difficult for me to get a job? And then I start to realize that it's not that I'm not doing what I should have. It's that this actual education isn't preparing me for any workforce. In some ways, we're being told one thing and served another. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I'm curious to find out how does ProtoHack help a university classroom and or a company Mm -hmm. kind of inspire or invigorate that innovation mindset within their uh, employees? Like, what are you guys, what's the plan sort of thing?
2: Yeah, so we like to say that we take education and learning outside of the classroom and into the real world I know that there are a lot of programs that are trying to do just that, but ours is unique in that it just takes one day. In the same way that it okay. just takes one moment to realize that you were capable to feel the sense of empowerment, and we've coined it the "aha" moment. Mm-hmm. That comes- I think Oprah might have coined that
1: name, okay. but that's cool. <laughs> you guys. Uh, well, I'm honored that we came up with something that Oprah <laughs> also came up with. So. <laughs> We second coined it after you Oprah. Know, You've heard gonna, it here on the podcast. True. Actually,
0: I wouldn't even surprise if people listening might not know who Oprah is. I wouldn't even surprised.
1: Oprah's <laughs> our uh, board member. <laughs>
0: okay. okay, so
2: you guys turned, sorry, you guys turned at the aha moment. Yeah. And essentially what we're doing is creating an environment where you're forced to, to be uncomfortable and forced to use whatever skills you have, and if you don't have the right skills, to figure it out. I don't ever want to undermine the content that we're learning or a classroom-style setting of learning. Lectures can be very effective as well, but not everybody learns in that capacity or in that way. And I think the ProTAC environment for academic institutions, for education, challenges that, but also builds on it. So there are lecture... Or, and classroom-style learning components to the experience. We offer workshops on design thinking, on prototyping, on pitching. There's also mentorship, where you get to connect with some of the greatest industry leaders and in, co- from companies like Google or Amazon, Spotify, Uber. And we also bring on some really phenomenal uh, judges who will be from venture capital firms or our angel investors, whatever it is. So we... There's, like, this entire mix of hands-on work plus classroom-style learning.
1: And it kind of bridges the gap between the academic portion and the real world, you know? Like, yeah. how do you apply what you learn? Exactly. And how do you, how are you, you're never going to, after ProtoHack, you are never going to be caught off guard for an interview. <laughs> you are, you, you learn so much about different perspectives, you get actual feedback from people who have been there and done that, Mm -hmm. and you have to present your concept to a panel of expert judges that give you real feedback. And of course they're supportive, they want you to succeed, Mm -hmm. but it's it's that real feedback that helps you feel good about your ideas and also keep going. And I think that confidence is often lost in the education process, Mm -hmm. just because we don't have the resources or it's not, whatever the case may be, but you know, like I remember being, graduating from my my uh my bachelor and feeling like okay I should feel probably a lot better about this than I do Mm -hmm. I just just felt like I had a piece of paper I didn't feel like I'd really accomplished anything Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of unfortunate because I was the first person in my family to graduate from university like I should have been damn proud but I just felt kind of like another number and like you know like Annie was saying like I'm sure there are great moments throughout the education process Mm -hmm. but is it ready for students and what they need
2: yeah so what Prodoc aims to teach you is how to take information available to you in the world and apply it to something whether it's a job or you know a problem that you like not being able to fix a broken chair like understanding how to be resourceful go on the internet watch videos go to home depot like i, I know it sounds really basic and simple <laughs> go so to I,
1: home depot everyone you heard it here <laughs> whatever
2: it is i think Sponsor, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Proto hack. Sponsored by Home, Home Depot. <laughs> it's not a real sponsorship. No, it's <laughs> not at all. So, <clears throat> ultimately, it's about... I, I think there's so much amazing content that I learned from university, from understanding the thought perspectives of Socrates, to what a our solar system looks like I I mean I remember like vividly (laughs) Christopher Columbus I'm obsessed with him now because he is like I mean Elon Musk Elon Musk (laughs) no also Elon Musk is kind of our modern day Christopher Columbus somebody who's going into you know Mars Uh, anyway so I'm such a fan of him right Elon Musk is like Elon
1: call us yeah
2: call us yeah Yeah. Elon Musk at Home Depot
1: (laughs) He's gonna be assembling a chair for you. <laughs> <Can he? Does laughs> I'll he take it. Good with good without his shirt on. I think he's like really jacked now, and I got some hair plugs. No one talks about it, but let's be honest. <laughs> okay, so. so look up PayPal days, man. Please do.
0: I'm curious, what can people expect? This is your first episode. What can people expect here on this season of the Pro Hack Podcast? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Other than the you know other, other than the DL
1: on Elon and his hair plugs, which I super
0: appreciate, uh, I'll look into well, that. I, didn't I know mean, that. no,
1: I had no idea. Oh. I honestly googled like PayPal, Elon Musk, and like a picture of him and Peter Thiel came up, and I was like, whoa, money makes you sexy. <laughs> You needed to Google that to find that out? Oh, my God, girl. I mean, clearly. um, (laughs) Okay, so what you can expect. I think you're going to hear the ramblings of Annie and I talking about the education space, Mm -hmm. talking about ProTax success stories because there are so many amazing people and ideas that have come out of our innovation challenges.
2: Yes. Uh, I hope that this podcast will... Help facilitate a lot of important conversations that are being had at universities as well and especially with students and and I think empower people to take action you know our
1: education is in our hands mm-hmm. and you know we do have an active role and yeah. what we what we accept and, and what we want and yeah um, I think asking for something to develop into what it needs to be to support the education community is a perfectly reasonable request. And I hope that people feel empowered to do that. And I said empowered twice. Hashtag (laughs) empowered, swear.
2: (laughs) Buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. Buzzword, buzzword. No, but the reality really is I want to challenge everybody who doesn't feel like their education currently serves them or didn't serve them in the past to do something about it. Mm -hmm. You know, let's let's not be... Let's not talk about it. Let's be about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. I like that. And let's also
1: expect it. a lot of references to songs throughout the podcast. A little pop culture? A little pop culture. Yeah. Are they going to
0: be songs of this decade or what, that <laughs> I mean, you're, you're last just going to have
1: to hear. You're just going to have to listen to find out. <laughs> we might <laughs> okay. drop it like it's hot. <laughs>
0: All right, there you go. That was episode one of the ProtoHack podcast, our conversation with the female Obama and Biden Bay, a.k.a. Annie
1: No. and If
0: you guys hot. want to find out more, like then make hot. sure you head on over to the ProtoHack website, ProtoHack.com. And if you like this conversation, then we would love it if you subscribed or left a comment. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and let us know what conversations you want to have with respect to education, innovation, and what we can do to make sure you have the skills to build the career and life of your dreams. I'm your host, Tara Ferguson. Have a great week, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the ProtoHack Podcast.
1: Okay. Okay. Ready? One, two, three.
2: Innovation. Again. One, two, three. Innovation, because it it feels so good. good. Is it because? Um, the you're the one who said. said cause.
1: Okay, let's innovation. do it. Innovation. Okay, you ready? It, it
2: feels good.
1: Yeah. Cause. cause. One, two,
2: three. Innovation, innovation cause, cause it feels so good. Education. Innovation
1: cause. Education! No. Get out of here. Just stop. We can't do that. One, two, three. Innovation and it feels so good. Education cause we understood.